0: slide into your sexiest nurse outfit and slap on a joker mask we have a killer show for you this week actually it's, it's pretty much just the same hmm happy halloween or fall festivities or whatever joker is the number one r-rated movie of all time we've got crisis theories freaking superman and lois a new tv show coming out we've got a new green lantern show we've got a new strange adventure show we've and that's not even the whole that's not everything i what i life is insane right now wordlessness is the only thing we have to offer which is bad for a podcast keep listening i'm david c robertson this is my co-host jason goss silent (laughs) and you're listening to dc on screen the podcast that covers the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, gives honest opinions of projects upcoming and past, and believes that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. Hi, Jason. Hi. What's up, buddy? You still being wordless? I'm yeah, just sitting around contemplating the uh,
1: ever-extending possibilities of this universe. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Know? I guess. I don't, By that, I, don't that I mean there's about. a bunch of new shows I've never considered were on the docket a little week ago.
0: I know, right?
1: And uh, here I am <clears throat> wondering how I'm going to feel about a lot of them, and uh, spoiler, I feel pretty damn good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, I want to I thank, or we do, we want to thank the patrons who helped make the show possible. Thank you. And um, we, we just recorded a pretty fun warm up, and that's going to go up uh, pretty soon, probably. I, unless for some reason we decide not to, in which case, sorry. Um, but you have the Jason pull You should pull say list. that every time. I know. Just every time. And, I and know. And just be
1: like, well, I don't know, man. I just didn't make it up.
0: Hey, you know, I had a Chasing Squirrels that I promised like a couple weeks ago, and it just got corrupted. The file got corrupted, and I couldn't I couldn't salvage it. Oh, I don't know what happened with that. That sucks. That, that was weird. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know if it just saved weird or something. Because data ha- happens very, very rarely, but it was just, it was unsalvageable. So ah, I was upset about that. That is annoying. Uh, but yeah, uh, $1 tier gets you the show ad free. $5 tier gets you uh, extra content whenever we, whenever we have it. And uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. mostly Jason's pull list. I mm-hmm. um, also want to thank uh, our new uh, reviewer over on Apple podcast. I still want to call it iTunes because I'm old and, and you know. Setting my ways. Right. Setting but, your ways uh,
1: from like six years ago.
0: Yeah. Entero uh, Jack gives us five stars, which that's as many stars as you can get on Apple Podcasts. So I'm really happy about it. I'm really confused about Entero Jack's uh, review, though. Like it. Let's dig in. Uh, his review, or her, I don't want to be presumptuous, is mm-hmm. Justice League Outsiders is good, way better than any Snyder movie that has been or will ever be made. Interesting. Okay, I don't know what Justice League Outsiders is. I feel like they were going for Young Justice Outsiders. Hmm. Okay. I I wondered. And you know, it and we, it's we good. do it is good. And I would probably argue that Young Justice Outsiders was better than, at the very least, the Justice League movie we got. I, yeah,
1: that's that's an arguable position to say the least.
0: Yeah. I mean. I don't know how it relates to our show. I don't either, but you know. But thanks for the you know but the effort. Yeah. And the five
1: stars. Oh, for sure the five stars. But also I could I could deal with some follow-up right
0: in. Please. Kinda curious. I want to see where this is going. I'm definitely interested. And we're not being dicks. We actually do want to know. No. I'm just a What's little bit confused and um, wanna know more. Bring it. Cradle us with your warm information. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've found over the years that there's
1: very little someone can say that doesn't add to the conversation in some way. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we're, we're going to start off with some Joker news. All right. Uh, Joker has made $853,800,429 worldwide. It is the number one R-rated movie of all time. It has beaten Deadpool. And guess what? It's not even expected to release in China. That's insane. It's a little too dark, a little too rough for the Chinese government. I would
1: not expect it to release in China. I mean, they had a problem with Suicide Squad. It's just not... Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't expect it to actually go out there, but still for it to make all of that money, which, by the way, is... uh, all of the money,
0: uh huh. All of the everything. Yeah.
1: All yeah. All of the money that is available. uh That's that's insane.
0: Yeah. So let's well look deserved. at the let's look at some of the records here for Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my lord! Hi, so highest grossing R rated movie of all time. We just said that. Beating career, Deadpool and Deadpool too. Yeah. Uh, career best starts for Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix, and Robert De Niro. Nice. Biggest IMAX October opening and second best fall opening.
1: By the way, you got to love Robert De Niro being dragged into this like, oh, you know the the giant film star Robert De Niro? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was the last thing you said? Sorry. I got
0: stuck on that. Yeah. Uh, biggest IMAX October opening and second best fall opening. October's oh, widest yeah. release domestically. Nice. Warner Brothers best domestic opening since 2017. Fourth best domestic opening weekend for an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. October's largest worldwide launch of all time. Nice. Biggest biggest DC opening since 2017. All-time biggest October international opening. All-time biggest October domestic opening and October opening day.
1: I mean, that's a lot. And it's a lot. Did you see the one about the profitability? No. What, what about the profitability? Uh, I think it was... <sighs> I hate to say this. I think it was Fandango, so I needed to fact check it. Mm. But they only used two numbers, so I I just thought maybe they got this one right because mm-hmm. it wasn't opinion based at all. It was just two numbers. But mm-hmm. they they listed that it's made roughly 900, you know, give or take, um, and it, off a 55 million dollar budget, mm-hmm. uh, which are still the numbers that, short of Fandango doing it, we would we would have used to to report on it. Roughly nine, definitely you know, around fifty-five, as far as we know. Yeah, most profitable CBM of all time.
0: That's crazy.
1: Which does ring true to me, if that's if that's accurate, and I would like to look them both up because I fuck that site, but I would like to verify the numbers. (laughs) I just saw it earlier this afternoon, but it yeah, that that does strike me as entirely
0: probable. Is uh is Fandango not reputable now?
1: Oh um. It's only because Fandango uses Rotten Tomatoes that I've started to uh, sour on them. Um, gotcha. No, so no, I, no pun intended. Yeah, I just, I just don't trust them as... Uh, I wouldn't trust them implicitly. But... Fair. Those are just two numbers, both of which we have reported on at some point and f- said that we, I don't know, by our best uh, information seem to be true. Mm-hmm. And... You know, from crunching numbers before on the profitability of all these movies, that that actually tracks for me. Yeah, I I think it may be the most profitable movie of all of the CBMs altogether.
0: Which is just crazy. Did, have you seen this Hollywood Reporter article that says that? Uh, well, the, there was a whole. <laughs> the article is basically about how Jared Leto tried to stop the Joker movie from happening. But I've heard about it. Yeah, there's a source in there, an unnamed source, that says that Warner Brothers uh felt like the it would be a small movie and they were worried about the dark tone and they greenlit it very reluctantly and gave it a small budget basically hoping that it would discourage todd phillips and joaquin phoenix from making it (laughs) and when they were asked about it apparently warner brothers declined to comment which usually in my mind means it's true (laughs) oh the
1: tangled wbs we wb
0: (laughs) um and i guess that that really that, that i don't know that i don't think it was the same uh crew who was on board when when it was no, greenlit yeah when it
1: was greenlit it was a different set of executives um i i have no doubt that the people that are in charge now have some idea that this is a direction they're willing to go in
0: mm-hmm. after Shazam and now this definitely this this is yeah. killing it yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, we might as well talk about that, though, real quick. Jared Leto, apparently, according to The Hollywood Reporter, tried to stop the Joker movie. And they're, they're saying that sources uh, claimed that Leto felt alienated and upset and tried to stop Todd Phillips' Joker movie from being made. My favorite part of the article is they the, the actual quote was, according to sources familiar with Leto's behavior. Oh, fuck. Like, what the hell does that mean? Bloggers. but uh, apparently he he complained uh bitterly they say to his agents at caa um who also represented todd phillips and uh he apparently asked his music manager irving azoff to call warner brothers parent company um we don't know if it was Jeff Books or Randall Stevenson uh, over from AT&T, but um, the idea was that he really wanted them to kill the Joker film. Now, Azov declined to comment. A source from Leto's camp denies that it even happened, that any of this happened. Um, Azov and Leto have parted ways. They're no longer in, in business with each other. Uh, Leto has left CAA at this point. Some say it's because they were he was already strained. He had already had a strained relationship with him, but then they say that this was kind of the tipping point, you know, other sources are saying, yeah, it's not really true, but, um, yeah, he thought, uh, now the article says that Leto thought Warners had strung him along with promises of his own Joker standalone film, only to green light the Phillips version. Um, nice. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, what I like to call WBT in this <laughs> article. And,
1: uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I don't know. And I mean, so much of that sounds plausible and implausible mm-hmm. in different ways. I I, I don't. I, I wouldn't know where to put money. And this I, article I just, is nothing. Kind I got of nothing.
0: Make this article is making the rounds because it says that sources say Leto's days as the, as the Joker are likely over. He will not reprise the role of uh of the the Joker in Birds of Prey. Um. We don't exactly know that. We really don't. We don't. It also says he's not going to be in the Suicide Squad. Again, I would cite back to James Gunn's comments that sound dicey at best, um, where he says, if the Joker wasn't in this, there would be precedent. Why would yeah. he say it that way? Why wouldn't he just say he's not in it? Um, I, it might be a situation of he they're still trying to get him in it, but... Uh, you know, I, here's the thing. The article also says, like flat out says, David Ayer was unhappy with Leto's performance and wound up cutting most of his stuff. To which Ayer says, he actually responded on Twitter and says, that is inaccurate information, not my words or actions. I so mean, That actually th-
1: fits, though, Ayer's response normally. Like he, mm-hmm. I don't know, on paper and in press, he was pretty happy with what he was seeing, but...
0: Yeah, I still think that, you know, they just shot a whole lot of different things. And between what they actually needed and the Warner Brothers inflicted uh, trailer park edit, we lost a ton of, yeah, we lost a ton of uh, Leto.
1: Yeah, I think he was happier than that lets on for sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the idea that there's a lot of disagreement with where Leto uh, exists in the WB universe right now and, and the discontentment. Mm -hmm. that's the part that really tracks for me.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, it's the reason you
1: can write this many words is because no one,
0: no one knows. Yeah. And one of my favorite things in this article is (laughs) they're talking about how his days are likely over. This is how they write it. Says one person involved in the situation. (laughs) How do you play the Joker you established following Joaquin Phoenix? It kind of ends his Joker run. Well, that's subjective as hell. Like, you, how do you play the Joker you've established? You play the Joker you've you've established. Like, yeah. No. It's, he's... it's a sentence
1: that, it, it's a contradictory sentence by itself. Yeah. I no. agree. I agree.
0: No, I'm one of those guys, and this, you know, don't, if you're new to the show, don't take this as me just, you know, blindly, you know, accepting everything. Because Jared Leto's Joker performance, I, I'm still on the fence about. I don't feel like we got enough of it to truly, you know, judge it. But I wasn't crazy about what I saw. It was all right. I didn't hate it. No, I can deal with more.
1: I can pretty well characterize your take on his Joker is <clears throat> you wanted about 20 more minutes in that story to really understand how you felt about it. And then short of that, you've just been on the fence. Mm-hmm, but I think if you had been given a little more screen time, you would have a real opinion one way or the other. But you just uh, you, you were just kind of left with a, I don't know, I, parts of it, like part, parts I don't.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I'm generally pretty accepting these days of what I'm seeing on screen, whether I'd care for it or not. And I'm just like, oh, well, we'll see what he does. And, mm. Yeah, yeah. I like a whole lot of the stuff that I've seen in this universe so far, and, you know, I don't want to recast it. If we're going to do that Joker, let's do him. But Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be sad if we never see him again, necessarily.
1: No. One of the real shames would be if they kept him in the normal universe and... Uh, like, one of the shames to me would be if they said, well, we want to do a different take on the character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, like, the Joker film by itself is an entirely different thing, but it's also an entirely different universe. Mm-hmm. And can stay there, and it's going to be fine, and it's clearly going to be fine. Um, it doesn't even have to have a sequel. That could sit there as, in my mind, a bit of a masterpiece just by itself and never touch it again, and it would be amazing. Yeah. But if you wanted to do With another money, take... there's no
0: way they're not doing a sequel. <laughs> almost impossible
1: but it would it would be super bold and brave if they just said fuck you" and didn't do it i'd be impressed mm-hmm. but in the universe that they've already been building for you know uh since 2013 uh, or 2012 anyway so in the dc universe as is if they just decided we want another take on the joker well mm-hmm. I, th- I think leto could do another take on the joker oh yeah just let him do it you already have a guy. You already have a guy that's capable, and it would actually add to the mythos that he can present himself however he feels like. Yeah. That would be, for me, a really fun take on it is just, oh, you know, I'm different now and never say anything about it. Like, he doesn't explain himself. Like, it would be fun for me even if somebody actually tries to, like, one of his henchmen questions him for a second he just shoots him in the fucking skull and <laughs> moves on with his day. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be fantastic. Right, you want your cane? Never say any other work
0: yeah. And you know, I I would be perfectly happy if like, you know, he takes out takes out the the gold teeth, wipes off the damaged you know, thing off his head and just, yeah. you know, uses his, his fully completely. functioning
1: legs to kick the cane across the the room he's in at the time and just moves on.
0: Yeah. Like I I would like to see the Suicide Squad Joker literally transform in front of our eyes on screen.
1: Yeah. That would be a lot of fun.
0: Or just, like, have him go to sleep and he wakes up, he looks in the mirror and goes, uh and, like, just changes it. <laughs> just... Yeah.
1: It's it's a character that we we know can change his persona on a whim. So why not? Like, that would be a really fun way to do it is just dig in. Let him, like, I think Leto
0: can do it. Let him do it. Yeah. We could even have a bit where he, like, murmurs something about, like, a reference to, you know, a memory he had as Joaquin Phoenix's Joker.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Like, you could, and then technically Joker would somehow be, you know, DCEU in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, So there's oh, some. That'd
1: be fun. Like, mm-hmm. he just rubs off the damage tattoo and just says, like, fuck you, Murray, in a mirror and moves on. Never, mm-hmm. never another word.
0: Yeah, I can deal with that. Yeah. All right. You want some Birds of Prey news? Shoot. All right. So Ewan McGregor was discussing his, his, uh. His role as as uh, Roman Sionis, and he said that it <laughs> this is the perfect villain for the quote unquote time of Trump. <laughs> uh, he says he's an absolute narcissist, spoiled in his upbringing to the point of having no contact with what life or people are about. Who has a skin this thin and wants nothing more than to be the center of attention.
1: I, I'm not going to pretend to to have a uh, an objective view here. That to me that rings is very true Mm -hmm. um sorry that's how i view that guy (laughs) just
0: is yeah yeah
1: that that quote makes a lot of
0: sense to me yeah me too now uh according to chris messina who's playing uh victor zaz sionis's right hand man
1: um i do love this new trend of people using victor as kind of like a right hand uh mercenary kind of feel
0: yeah i can get it It does,
1: it does have some roots in the comics, but I I like that leaning on it. It, Like he's not some fucking feral, crazy asshole who's just marking his victims on his skin. Just, eh, Mm
0: -hmm. he's got some merit. We can use him. Let's see. He says he's an incredible villain because he's so likable and he's so seducing. You're like, I like him. He's cute. It's fun being in his world. And then he'll bite your leg off. He has these incredible turns of violence, this ferocious quality. There are a couple of moments in the movie, in the movie, movie, in the movie (laughs) where he rages that he really went there. And you could hear a pin drop. Then he would turn on a dime and go back to the charm of the character.
1: I I ran into a guy today uh, talking about that movie. That um, he was talking about John Wick, and I said, "Well, have you seen the Birds of Prey trailer?" He said, "No, I, no, I'm not even close." And said, "Well, I mean, and I I I mentioned the you know the John Wick guy is going to come over and do the action scenes, and that's uh, that's a boon for me. The Mm -hmm. action scenes in John Wick are fantastic." Um. And one of the things he told me is like, I was like, yeah, I mean, come on. You don't know anything about this. Like, Ewan McGregor is going to be the bad guy. And he kind of balked at that and was come on, like that guy, like McGregor, like Obi-Wan or, or I forget his, it, it's not. Is it Obi-Wan?
0: Yeah. so Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. I, I,
1: I, I felt very doubtful. But anyway, so Obi-Wan and, and uh, he was like, come on, that guy, that guy is going to be a bad guy. Apparently his version of, of that guy's face is um, it, it just where he couldn't imagine him being a bad person.
0: I, you know, I dude, go to IMDb, man. I mean, I hate that so much. I hate when people do that. I get it. I mean,
1: I also get how, uh, your perception of somebody actually does affect how we cast and, and all that.
0: <laughs> Ooh, sorry.
1: I'm, I'm going to start over just in case. Yeah, I get that. I also get how, uh, the, the GA perception of these people affects how they are cast um to me there's a i don't know there's a a balance point where like if you're relying too much on like no the general audience wants this person to be a good guy and you uh, cast against type and and it it's a big deal and it it goes over really well like i get why that's a big deal i don't know it's our perceptions are so much involved it's in this industry it's it's kind of hard Like, Mm -hmm. when somebody says, like, I cannot imagine McGregor as a bad guy, part of me wants to be like, yeah, because he was so fucking good at being a good guy sometimes that you can't imagine he could do that, but just give him some rope. He can do Mm -hmm. it. I promise. Like, uh, what is that fucking movie he's in? Uh, The drug movie. Oh, Train Spotting. Train Spotting. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: That was exactly what I was thinking about, too.
1: That is not a guy that you're rooting for. No. Uh, (laughs) It's not. And even uh, parts of Obi Wan, not parts you're reading for. Like, uh, I mean, if you're if you're just watching like Big Fish or the the recent uh, Christopher Robin instantiation, yeah, I get it. I completely get it. But that's the point. These people are actors. That's their job. Mm-hmm. Every fucking time I see Tom Cruise on screen, the first ten minutes, I'm I'm watching that movie. I think, oh god, this crazy just son of a bitch. And then by about the 10-minute <laughs> mark, he's so good at his job uh-huh. that by about the 10-minute mark, I'm invested in the movie and just rooting for his character or, or, or whatever. Because he's a great actor.
0: He's not a great actor. He he's is. Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise in every damn thing he does. Yes. He's charismatic. And that's all he really has to be for the types of movies he does. Yeah. All right.
1: See, that's not He true.
0: plays Ethan Hunt in every movie. War of the wow. Worlds, he was Ethan Hunt fighting aliens. <laughs> <laughs> all right i
1: i can buy that theory but he's also really good at actually doing that job actually so, you
0: know what he did a pretty good job uh like magnolia he didn't play ethan hunt in magnolia no he just entirely play, he, different character. he just played tom cruise in magnolia maybe like like but he, he for gets real, so invested
1: in front of a camera that you invest in him by the end of the fucking movie i will agree with that like i'm not y- eyes wide shut vanilla sky whatever it, like it's not gonna be like he's gonna he's gonna get you invested in his character uh, at some point, point. and Vanilla that Sky, is his job.
0: Vanilla Sky, he's Ethan Hunt has a dream. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yeah, I, I will give and him it's him and all the uh, ripoffs, I, I get. I, it. I will I will give him serious serious props for his turn in Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Like, what Was it Les Grossman? Is that his name? name? Uh, <laughs> big Probably. fat dude like just like he was yeah he was just a big fat fuck off yeah yeah and he's just like disgusting awful person and yeah it you know the people i went with were like kind of leaned over and were like is, is that tom cruise i'm like yeah i think it is yeah that was a good turn yeah. good job buddy it was good he is good at his job he's he is good i, I yes, would he maintain that he's at good he at does. his
1: job and and i'll give him this also he's really good at picking what he's going to do <laughs> Like mm-hmm. when he's Jack Reacher later, you're like, yeah, you're just dude from Mission Impossible. I get it, but it also fits what he's going to do, and he can just do that job. So, mm-hmm. uh, point being, as crazy as he is, it takes me a, a few minutes to get over it, but then I'm I'm invested and I'm I'm willing to move on and invest in that character. I guess. Yeah, I forget why we got on Tom Cruise. That was my fault.
0: Ewan McGregor.
1: Thank you. All right. So to that extent, if you have uh, uh, any. I don't know, predispositions to him, McGregor. This is the kind of thing that I'm actually excited about is I want all of your prejudices to go out the window after you see him do this role. And he seems to enjoy being evil in the like two seconds we've seen in the trailer. I'm I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, he also talked about the theory that he and Chris Messina's Zaz character... Yeah. Are going to be like romantically involved? He says, "I don't want to give anything away, but that's a fun theory." We definitely have a very interesting bond. Nice. Ah,
1: that's a romance, probably.
0: Now you want to you want to know something? Some controversy that I've seen over this movie is his statements about how this is a feminist movie. Oh, Messina or McGregor? McGregor says that. He says, what interested me with Birds of Prey is that it is a feminist film. It is very finely written. There is in the script a real look on misogyny, and I think we need that. We need to be more aware of how we behave with the opposite sex. We need to be taught to change. Misogynists in movies are often extreme. They rape. They beat women. And it is legitimate to present people like that because they exist and they are obviously the worst. But in the Birds of Prey dialogues... There is always a hint of everyday misogyny, of those things you say as a man you do not even realize, mansplaining, and it's in the script in a very subtle way. I found that brilliant. I I hope, I hope it is a very subtle way. I love that. And not in a Supergirl CW way. Yeah, I I can get behind that. As much as I have kind of enjoyed Supergirl this season and last season, it gets a bit heavy. We go up and down
1: on Supergirl. It it has... Amazing moments, and then it has like overhanded, we get what you're going for, but oh my god, show don't tell, or something like that kind of moments.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: But yeah, if McGregor's right, and it's just like hinting at the undertones of no, this is where that starts Mm -hmm. these little moments between you and someone that you don't even realize you perceive as lesser than you. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, if they do it that way, that's great. And of course, Birds of Prey would be a feminist film, it's a movie about a bunch of of women
1: with subtitle Emancipation. (laughs) The Fantabulous Harley
0: Quinn, absolutely, and everything in the trailer that I've seen that jumps into that at all has been fantastic. So, in my opinion, you know, it's funny is uh, talking about Supergirl. uh, Our friend Wobbly Boots, Nathan, Mm -hmm. he commented on a uh, (laughs) on a post Supergirl on the CW. They posted like a clip of uh, of them fighting uh, Manhunter's brother, and I will admit it looked bad. Oh, I saw it. I watched. It looked bad. I watched it without audio, and it, it looked terrible. It looked terrible. And he responded with, what is this garbage? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, it looked bad. And, you know, I kind of ribbed him a little bit. You know, why don't you tell us what you really think, buddy? But yeah. to be, uh, I kind of wanted to be like, Nathan, dude, they're, they're bringing this crisis, baby. They're bringing this crisis. It's going to look <laughs> bad for a second because they got <laughs> to save money. Shh. Let yeah, them bring us crisis. That. There's sh- that. Sh- sh- it's okay. It's okay. Use your imagination. Look, the CW it gives and it takes. <laughs> You're going
1: to get a lot of filler episodes and uh, yes. some some grandstanding. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I generally mean I love the messages we're trying to get across, but some grandstanding on uh, in doing so.
0: Let's let's get back on track here. Wonder Woman oh, yeah. 1984. Wonder Woman. Apparently, One? yeah, yeah. Apparently, the first trailer. Uh, is going to be seen uh, at the CCXP convention in Brazil Sunday, December 8th. Mm. And we don't know if it'll have a simultaneous online release, but uh, there is a trailer a Bruin, And uh, Patty Jenkins showed up on Twitter to uh, share an image of Maxwell Lord in which she tagged uh, Pedro Pascal, who has mm-hmm. been long rumored to be uh, Maxwell Lord. And she wrote, well, hello, dot, 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 Max. Hashtag Wonder Woman 1984. Nice. So, looks like that's who he's playing. Nice. And all I can think is, I'd miss Max from Supergirl. I know. I get it. That was fun. He had the Mega Hedron. We we still haven't gotten a wrap up to that. Come on, guys. I know. Bring him on for an episode. Yeah. Wrap it up. Over to the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Much... Back
1: over to movie.
0: Yep much uh sorry i'm just there's so much tv stuff
1: there's a lot it's a uh, it's going to be a very scattered episode
0: it's very on my mind uh the, a lot of controversy around some comments that joel Kinneman made um he said uh talking about uh james gunn working with james gunn he says he's an incredible guy he's written a fantastic script it's so funny. I feel like I'm shooting my first comedy. There are a lot of really funny people there. It's like a learning experience. I'm around a lot of incredible funny people. So you know, it's controversial because of all the anti-humor DC fanatics out there who. No, nope, I dig it. Let's do this. Piss and moan over it. I'm down for it. I'm I down. It. I do too. And the the parts of his cast
1: list that he re- released that we were familiar with mm-hmm. uh, overwhelmingly are people who understand comedy on a base level.
0: I agree. I'm absolutely on board. Nothing about his comments uh, put me off in the slightest.
1: No, it is kind of fun that that guy is really getting a foray into it. I'm I'm like, I'm really proud for him. Like this is a, the people that are around him, mm-hmm. dude, if you're going to, if you're going to attempt comedy for the first time, this is a pretty solid fucking co-conspirator yeah. situation
0: now you know uh, it's it doesn't help that like <laughs> one of the reasons that so many dceu people are angry about this uh, is also f- from the fact that um someone asked him if he felt like asked him how he liked the joker movie yeah and he he really liked it because of his sister's issues with mental illness and stuff but he also uh when they asked him if they if he felt like he was cheating on jared leto he said no who oh yeah
1: yeah okay i understand that's slightly incendiary
0: it is yeah unless he's using his new humor bone right i think he was exercising that new muscle he was giving it a shot it may have backfired a little bit i I really don't know the guy i i I I have no idea but you know i don't really care i i don't he can he could outright say he doesn't he does not like jared leto which I would understand if anyone in that cast said they did not like Jared Leto. How many yeah. of those people said they never met Jared Leto because every time they saw him, he was in in oh in uh, character, and, in character yeah. as Joker, sending them condoms and rats and shit. Yeah, I get it. I wouldn't blame them if they didn't. If you know, if they were just like, you know, what he was a weirdo. Yeah,
1: I get it. If they also, haven't said that. Also, it's the kind of joke that like if uh, <laughs> if it was Norm Macdonald uh doing it and it was such a, like a base uh like a base oh who kind of thing uh it would be really funny if he did it mhm there's a there's a level there <laughs>
0: yeah like that I is a good joke in certain context i do think so yeah yeah i i didn't know if he was just like saying that because he was like saying that walking phoenix's performance right, let me give just you a context, kind of by the way. blew everything out of the water but It's possible, but
1: if you were, if, if you were doing like a comedy panel and it was like Jay Leno, Mm -hmm. David Letterman, Conan, and let's say Jimmy Kimmel, just to fill it out, um, if it was those four and somebody asked, uh, Jay about like, well, I mean, you know, when, when you left the show, like, uh, how, how do you feel uh about who uh like it, i don't know did, did the quality dip at all uh when, when you left the show or was uh was conan pretty good or what and if Jalen just said like oh who while conan was sitting six feet from him it would be mm-hmm. it would kill
0: I don't know that that would
1: if he just didn't understand who took over the show after him it probably did. in this context this late after it
0: maybe maybe if he'd done that if he'd done that eight years ago no I would love to see those two in a room together, but I don't think it's about to happen. I actually really would. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want him on his podcast, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be great. I want to see Conan on, on Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. That's what I want to see. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. And I don't know. There's There are rumors that Seinfeld and Conan don't get along in some capacity or another. but Yeah, they
1: may not. They're both kind of weird people.
0: Yeah. Anyway, back to the things we're talking about. Back to the actual things. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Robert Pattinson was talking about his role as the Batman. He says, Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something on a big stage. And so I ended up doing Chris Nolan's movie, uh, which I was really, really happy about at the beginning of this year. He just did the lighthouse. Um, Mm -hmm. and he says, and then Batman was kind of a surprise to me. Now that I'm starting to get into it, I don't want to approach it as kind of a big studio thing where all you're really doing is thinking about your trailer. I want to approach it in exactly the same way. I want it to be frightening. I want it to be something you lose yourself in. And, um, he did say that his, <laughs> another controversy, he did say that the inspiration for his Batman voice was Willem Dafoe's voice in the lighthouse. He says, Willem voice in this is quite inspiring for it. To be honest, it is pre- it is pretty similar to the voice I'm going to do. I think Batman has a sort of piratey kind of voice.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, Willem Dafoe, I've, I've watched the trailer for this. It looks like a really weird, dark comedy. And uh, Willem Dafoe has a very gravelly tone of voice, so I, I don't a think he's... A lot of vocal fries. Yeah. I don't think that Pattinson is actually going to do the R pirate voice.
1: No, but it's, it does make sense that he was like in the presence of Willem Dafoe and thinking about how he wanted to do it, and Defoe is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. It would. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody heard how he was doing something, especially if it was in like a deep gravelly demeanor, and thought, "Yeah, I'm going to do this." way.
0: yeah, and just so you know, it was just so you know, like the lighthouse looks fantastic, and you should totally watch the trailer they put out uh, for it. it yeah, is I've funny.
1: seen. I've seen a teaser for it, and it did look pretty good. Um, it's one of the things I've pointed a couple of people that uh, I I have literally had this conversation with somebody where they said like. That one shouldn't glitter in the sun. Like that's the dumbest fucking thing I've heard you say. Um, uh, first of all, when he took on that character, uh, that dude was like a teenager, and that was a big paycheck. So hold off on the judgment. And second, uh, have you seen some of the roles he's actually done? Mm-hmm. Like somewhere between lighthouse keeper and meth head. Like he- he's actually got some range.
0: Yeah, he does. Uh, he was talking to Entertainment Tonight about Zoe Kravitz being Catwoman. He says, Zoe's great, and I've known her for years and years and years. I've been friends with her for like 10 years, and she's brilliant. So, all, the reason I bring that up is because that tells me they've got chemistry. They're friends in real life, and I dig that. Yeah. I'm excited about that. All right, so. Even
1: if it's weird chemistry, it'll work for Batman and Catwoman. Yeah. Like, that's maybe even
0: better. I'm, and I don't know that it would be weird chemistry, but... Well, if it's, it, like if it's slightly awkward, that that may actually contribute. Yeah, like it's a, if it's a weird chemistry because they're supposed to be playing somewhat love interest and they've been friends for so long that it's weird to do that?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: Okay, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. All right, that's all of my movie news. When we come back from this little break we're going to do here,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, we, we got a bunch of new series announcements. Shit's getting wild. It's getting, it's getting serious and scary. How are we gonna find the time?
1: I don't know. All right. Well,
0: don't go away. We'll
1: have to cancel some other shows. <laughs> oh wait, we don't have that power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. We'll have to include Blurn's Day. Oh wait, that's a fictional thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what do we do now? We try our best. That's all we, we got. Will. We will. Stay tuned.
1: el nuevo crispy chicken sandwich de McDonald's is. Grugian. A McDonald's. Un mordisco y wow. es el nuevo crispy chicken sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el lab de McDonald's. El McDonald's All
0: right, we are back. You took a pee. Mm-hmm. I took a picture and posted it on Twitter. Nice. Saying that I was waiting on you to pee. I mostly let my dog out, because he had to pee. He had to pee. There was urination across the nation. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A chance Naturally for folks to human pee. Naturally, activity
1: taking its desired course.
0: A urination across the nation, a chance for folks to pee, pissing in the streets. Please never. <laughs> or making a
1: mascot. I'm not sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I know. I'm torn. Mm-hmm. I don't like
0: it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Superman and Lois. Yep. It's been reported that there is a Superman and Lois series in development at the CW. Mm-hmm. Starring, as you might imagine, Tyler Hecklin. And uh Betsy Tulloch, it is currently in development. It will follow the world's most famous superhero and comic book's most famous uh, famous journalist. I said famous. Famous journalist. <laughs> as, they deal, as they deal with all the stress, pressures, and complexities that come with being working parents in today's society. Weird. Um, former Flash showrunner Todd Helbing is going to pin Superman and Lois and uh, will be an executive producer alongside Greg Berlanti. Sarah Schechter and Jeff Johns. That's the usual crew. Sure. Uh, Tyler Hecklin over on Instagram posted, I could not be more grateful for the opportunity to tell this story. I think that's interesting. Interesting phrasing to tell this story and then says that for now shall remain a secret. So there is a story and I would assume with a beginning, middle and end, because one of my great, uh, Complaints with all of these CW shows is there doesn't seem to be a beginning, middle, and end. There's a beginning and a middle and it never... It ends when they someone gets tired of being in Vancouver. Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, yeah.
1: They're, but when some people say, like, to tell this story, they don't mean, like, to tell this story about how this character comes through something and ends in this way. They just mean, like, to tell the story about how a character faces this kind of controversy and dot, da dot, dot.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know he goes on to say very nice things about Bitsy Tulloch and about Greg Rolani and everybody, et cetera. Yeah, it's and a good it, team. It's a fine post. It's a good team, and but I just think that was interesting to tell this story that for now shall remain a secret. And to me, that sounds like it is a limited series.
1: I would hope, but I, I, I fear you're projecting.
0: I, yeah, I hope it's a limited series. Um, Or at the very least, you know, uh, here are 10 episodes and if we have it in us and we decide that there is another story worth telling, here is another thing. Uh, Yeah,
1: I suspect that it's just an actual thing they're going to do and with the crisis thing, they're going to shrink all the earths and it would be... I mean, uh, on one hand, harder to explain his absence, being that it's not even another Earth now. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, more fun to just go ahead and do a show with him. Because he was well-liked, and it's Superman. And there's always going to be a pull for Superman. And it was Mm -hmm. a well-liked him and a well-liked Lois, so why not?
0: Yeah, which I know I'll, I'll catch flack. He's all right to me. I like him. I don't know if I like him enough for a whole series. Like, I enjoy seeing him from time to time, but seeing him in Elseworlds last year was a bit too much for me.
1: I don't know. I I didn't get that out of it, I but I would also, I guess it's a little bit like your Leto thing. Like, I, mm-hmm. I liked him just fine. I do want more time with him. I can see that. I'm not sure I want this much more time with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there...
1: But I have no reason to object to it, given what I've seen so far.
0: And I love Christopher Reeve, Superman, but... There is a certain amount of fan service. There's a certain amount of, I'm going to try to be exactly like Christopher Reeve, that I'm just kind of like, meh, about. With no, this. I, and, I,
1: I, that would be my one demand out of the show, is if you're going to do it, just just do a show. Like, yeah. Forget the fact that you were, and in his appearances so far, he has been a bit of a fan homage. Mm-hmm. Uh, forget all that. If you're going to actually do this show, where it's going to be a Superman and Lois and Apparently, a parental
0: aspect to the whole thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if you're gonna do all that, just just fucking do all that.
0: You now, the other thing though is, I'm not a huge fan so far of Bitsy Tullock as Lois. She's all right, but you know, and their chemistry is a bit weird to me. Their chemistry is a bit. Uh, and it might just be the script, but it, it feels like all they really do is just say cheesy lines at each other and and grin at each other. And again, I think it's yeah. been a lot of a
1: lot of fan service uh, yeah. where finally you're gonna get the chance to do it. Uh, I don't think any writer in his right mind would sit down and try to write this show as that was going to continue to do that amount of fan service. They're going to find something and yeah. dig into it.
0: I hope so. It, now, it wouldn't be a thing I would even be afraid of because no one would try. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, as soon as this this show or this news dropped, Brent from uh, Brent Tech Prime on Twitter yeah. from Fans Without Borders sent me a, a message showing me that this the story was a thing. He saw it before I did. And the first thing I said was, oh, shit, there's no way John Cryer is sitting this one out. No. And I was really excited about that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm going to find something he's to be actually, excited about. He's a great <laughs>
1: example, though, of like a Christopher Reeve gimmick casting bullshit. What the hell are we doing here? That turns into, oh, crap. Yeah, he did a great job and I'm invested mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. He's a great example of it. And if they keep even the tone, even without John Cryer, great. If they keep everything, including him. Fantastic.
0: Now, let me ask you this because I want some theories here. How do you feel about the notion? Like, cause I, I suspect that they're going to go the way of the comics because mm-hmm. we know that she's going to have a kid. What if there's some sort of time differential and they come back from Argo city with a teenager? I, I mean, it's, or something with crisis happens, and they come back with a teenager.
1: It's tried and true. I mean, they're doing that right now in the comics and the Michael Mendes run of Superman and actual mm-hmm. comics and all that. Like, it's it's different this time because small spoiler: uh, John goes out with his grandfather in this situation, Jarl, mm-hmm. um, and comes back a decade older. It was actually really cute. Last uh, <laughs> last issue was actually really cute. Like, he was hanging out with Damien. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, super sons and uh, Damien could barely get his head around like, why are you so much taller than me? This is bullshit. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Um But yeah, it's a, it's a tried and true thing. And I have no reason to think that that's not, uh, I would love it as a contribution to the episode that mm-hmm. their involvement in it and their involvement going forward would maybe revolve around. They have somebody who was older than they're supposed to be now. And I wouldn't mind it necessarily if it had something to do with the fact that we've been building this future arrow team.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I think. We've
1: also mentioned the Legion several times, so
0: yes, they have. So we could, we could, we could, I guess, have like a Superboy and the Legionnaires, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, Legion of Superheroes, I should say. Mm-hmm. But what if? I mean, and they could go any way with this, but what if they bring in time displaced? john kent Mm -hmm. all right he's a grown-up or he's you know a teenager just in time for infinite crisis he takes the place of superboy prime Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) maybe he's the only one who remembers the way that the universes used to be and he doesn't like this new post-crisis conglomeration that would be fun yeah Mm -hmm. i asked uh i asked people on on twitter and facebook what they thought about it our our buddy chris Balga over on uh, World's Finest True Believers, a show that I was just on. We talked about uh, Superman for Tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, that was a lot of fun. You guys should go check that out. Be people. (laughs) (laughs) Be better. Now, uh, Chris Baga writes... Be the best people and go check out that thing. Chris Baga writes, Like with everything, I am willing to give it a shot. To immediately compare it to Lois and Clark series on ABC was expected... Do I want to see Superman back on the big screen? Yes. However, if this is what we get right now, I will take it and trust behind DC, CW, Berlani and team uh, to give us a quality show. And that's a that's a concern that a lot of people have shown is like, including myself, where it's like, oh, okay, well, we're getting a Superman show. Does that mean Henry Cavill's definitely gone? Is he no longer Schrodinger's Clark? No, I,
1: I don't think that's at all necessarily saying this.
0: I don't either, especially with all of the uh, extended Batman we have. We have, you know, Shadows of Batman over on Batwoman. We have, you know, a, a Bruce Wayne over on uh, on Titans. We, we, you know, we're going to have at least a, from what I understand, a picture of Michael Keaton in Crisis and Kevin Conroy playing a Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I, I think they're getting a little more uh, open about these things. They're
1: plenty of insinuations and there are plenty of uh honest honest to god takes on the property but Mm -hmm. you know just getting down to the brass tacks what we have like hoakland's uh superman has been around and in that costume for some time Mm -hmm. like before we were as worried as we are now i know and by the way... It doesn't mean anything to me that he's actually getting a show. It doesn't mean anything for the movie universe.
0: Yeah, we don't know for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's always hope. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you this. the, the Something I noticed. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you noticed it, because we don't talk about the CW shows as they come out anymore, but... Did, did you have you noticed that in that? In I think it was like the first episode of Batwoman, maybe the second, when they do the flashback and they show her family is about to go over the edge and Batman is there to save her, and it's like from her perspective looking at Batman. Yeah, it is almost ex- the exact shot of a young Kara being helped by Superman and Supergirl. It's like silhouette of the character with his hand outstretched. In case Batman, he's in the case of Batman, he's got the grappling hook that he's pointing, but it's like light shining from behind and silhouette. Same as Superman and Supergirl.
1: That's really cool.
0: So we have a heckling. And you cannot tell me they're not going to bring Bruce Wayne up into Batwoman at some point. It would be really, really hard. Like, I don't expect Batwoman to end with her sitting there still writing that journal and going, Well, Bruce, I guess you're never going to show up. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> but uh, now that I've hurt my both of my knees and I don't have any more cartilage in, <laughs> in my elbows or my shoulders, the shoulder blades... Maybe uh, we can
1: retire to an Italian cafe at separate tables right. where we talk about our adventures.
0: Right. Via did Thomas, notes. Did Thomas from Lennon the also give you bad news about your spine? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: his knee, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, it was his knee. It was his knee, and, yeah, and I, Dark Knight returns. I was, was rises, joking with. Uh,
1: I was joking with Joy at work about this earlier for some reason, because uh, he asked me about some of the shows, and I I told him what was going on, and. The part that I pointed out was like, yeah, they're doing a lot of nods to Batman right now, and and then I I told him like, yeah, they're going to do it. They're looking at a Superman in Lois series. Like it's 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 on the move. It's not necessarily in stone, but it's on the move. Mm-hmm. And uh and talking about it, I kind of realized like, yeah, you can you can bring up Superman, mm-hmm. and we're going to want a Superman, especially if we like him. Um, especially if at least a lot of people like him. Uh, I mean, fuck. Uh, everybody hates something for some reason. But especially if it goes over well, we're going to want more um, in general. And, you know, even for Superman, such an iconic, like, he started it all. I mean, historically, that, that that's the reason a lot of this exists is because of people like Superman. Mm-hmm. And of all the people that you can name check, you cannot cock tease about Batman. No. He's he's the one the the one that has defied all expectations. If you mention him, you better bring it later.
0: At some point, maybe,
1: maybe. And, and I'm okay with them not. Like I'm okay with defying expectations for sure. But uh, and Batwoman is actually turning out to be a really fun show that I'm enjoying. Uh, I I was dubious, but I'm I'm really enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like of all, yeah, like like of all things, they could get away with not doing it, but has there, there have been so many hints and uh, yeah, it, it would make so much sense if they did it that after a while, you're like, why am I just turning away? Why am I turning away all the goodwill that I could get if I just gave him the actual Batman? you know
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, you know, uh, the majority of uh, of our listenership who uh, deemed it uh, worthy enough to write in, Seems to be on board. Uh, Ryan Hulsman says, A heckling starring Superman series is something I've wanted for years since he was introduced. The Airverse is let to get me down. I'm all in. Still going to use that Justice League tag. Uh, Christian Fuentes, I'm in. He's the best Superman I've seen in years. Uh, Travis Hines, uh, I'm happy for this show, but bummed out that this likely means no soups on the big screen for a while. So he he feels that way. And I'm a little concerned about it myself. Uh, Michael Kennedy writes, Yeah, I think you can
1: be excited without having to worry about that.
0: Yeah, uh, but yeah, Michael Kennedy says, "Meh, that's,
1: Meh, <laughs> 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 that's fantastic."
0: Uh, and that, that that was all on our uh, DC on Screen uh, Facebook group. If you guys want to join that, uh, I'll put up a link in the show notes. Uh, over on our Facebook page, Joseph uh, Rodriguez says, "About time Tyler is a good TV Superman and a TV series is well overdue." And um, now I, I'm going to give Des Jr. a little bit of crap. Not really. He wrote, I, he, originally, he did go back and, and change it. But he, originally, he wrote, he wrote, I want Tom Wellington back as Superman. And I only bring that up because I wanted to say, I was going to say, I think you confused him with Beef Wellington, which makes sense because he's so beefy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that had to do with some sort of autocorrect, uh, give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: <laughs> so, in your mind, Autocorrect is, uh, yeah, that's so right. So taken with the swole nature of Tom Welling.
0: No, I think the Autocorrect just said Welling, ton. Oh, you must be talking about Beef Wellington. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> just... Welling is not really a thing that most people would write.
1: No, no, just a, it's a surname only, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I I don't I don't know if I can get behind your interpretation of the AI there, but I I mean I like it though.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was the AI. That that, that was just my thought. That was just, predictive. You know, yeah. yeah. Hey, if you accidentally wrote that, I understand because. <laughs> uh, I get anyway. It.
1: Big big old beefsteak. I get it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The-
1: no one's on the other side of this yeah. issue. That's yeah. a giant, handsome man. We all get it.
0: Yeah, throw a little salt and pepper on him. You know, pan his ass.
1: <laughs> He'll show up in Lucifer.
0: <laughs> all right, over to HBO Max and all these crazy things that HBO Max has said today, as we're recording. Like all this stuff has dropped. Uh-huh. Um, they have announced a, a an anthology series called Strange Adventures. I it still a, don't know what that means, but I'm in. Well, it was. I think it was the old title of the uh, Adam Strange books.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I do recognize it as being an old title from DC lore, but I do not remember all of the stuff it referenced. I'm, I kind of mm. want to go back and take a look at that later.
0: But they are describing this as, quote, a DC superhero anthology series executive produced by Greg Berlani that will feature characters from across the DC canon. This one-hour drama series will explore close-ended morality tales about the intersecting lives of mortals and superhumans. Strange Adventures is based on the characters from DC and is produced by Greg Berlanti, Berlanti Productions in association with Warner Brothers Television, Berlanti, Sarah Schechter of Arrow the Flash and Supergirl, Titans, and Doom Patrol, and showrunner writer John Stevens from Gossip Girl and Gotham serve as executive producer. Yeah, uh, there's
1: plenty of talent on it. Yeah, do you Charlie... remember the DC, uh, DC Showcase Presents animated mm-hmm. features? Yeah, I do. Featurettes, I should call them. Yep, I do. This is what it reminds me of.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: And I'm super uh, excited about the idea.
0: We have uh, Charlie Houston of Powers and Gotham as a co-executive producer. Bridget Hales of Once Upon a Time as a producer. Selwyn Seifu Hines uh, of uh, The Twilight Zone is a consulting producer. I mean, they're kind of going all out of this. And they also announced freaking Green Lantern.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I saw that part too.
0: Um, Oh my lord, man. They announced Strange Adventures and Green Lantern, a green, what they're calling a new Green Lantern-inspired series. So I don't know what that means exactly. That phrasing confused me. Um, He did say it was going to be DC's biggest show ever. I still don't know what that means. I don't know. <laughs> he says... He says, in what promises to be our biggest DC show ever made, we will be going to space with a Green Lantern television series, but I can't reveal any more about that just yet. All right. Here is my hope. Now, earlier Uh this week, earlier this week, I posted to Twitter of something in regards to if we're going to be folding universes in on itself in Crisis on Infinite Earths, which we don't know we're going to do 100%. But if we're going to do that. Can we please bring David Ramsey over to Black Lightning as a regular, you know, series regular, Uh, since he's supposed to be the brother of Lynn Stewart? Sure. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Plus, I just don't want to let go of David Ramsey. I enjoy Diggle. No, he's fantastic. Um, Now, that's beside the point that he's got some of the worst uh, (laughs) advice to Oliver ever. His advice to Oliver, at least for the first three or four seasons, was always lie. Always lie, Oliver. You, yeah. Felicity will never, never trust you again. Thea yeah. will never believe you again. Okay. Short of them <laughs> both growing out of that phase. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, I now here's the thing though. I I had this listed as a later as a as later news, but I'll bring it up now. Um, David Ramsey is basically saying Green Lantern is a thing that's going to happen. All right.
1: I'm really rooting for him here.
0: Um he is pretty much just said, "Yep, th- this is a thing." Um I mean, I want him to be right and I want it to be him.
1: Those are uh, both my favorite outcomes.
0: Look, he says um Berlani and Guggenheim and Beth have been very forthright about what they want to do with that whole possible mythos with Green Lantern. So if it had not been for them, yes, I'd probably be pulling my hair out what little I have and saying what's going on guys. But they've been very honest about it. It's going to take a great deal of preparation if, and when it's ever done. All right. So, but he, this is also what he's on saying. the table. No, no, Here, check this out though. He collider asked Ramsey about, uh, what they, what he wanted to see from Diggle's family in, in the final arrow season. And, he talked about Green Lantern. He says there's a lot of stuff in the Diggle family that has to be worked out in these 10 episodes and will be. And ultimately, I think we have to find out what's going on with Green Lantern. We've been teasing that since season two or three. It's been a crazy amount of time. So we we have to put a button on that. And from what I'm hearing, we will. So with everything that he's saying there and talking about how much preparation... There is there really any way Greg Berlanti and company are going to do a freaking Green Lantern series on HBO Max and not have Diggle be Green Lantern or a Green Lantern in it?
1: Yes. Yes, there is a way.
0: I mean, yeah, there's a way and I don't want that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for you, but there's still also a way and that may take huh. Um, they, I think it's very telling that they're letting him say these things in an interview because mm-hmm. it, it seems to be top of mind for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're going to put some kind on that. Also, I like that he brings up the Diggle family because they are very important in the Arrow universe. And we've only got a few episodes to wrap that up. And if they're not going to be continued in some fashion, I really do want to wrap up to them. I would feel very shorted mm-hmm. because Diggle has been a huge part of Arrow and a, a genuine contribution to the DC universe. Yeah. Um, it's a, It's a character that I've really enjoyed watching grow. So I I really want to see that wrap up, but the fact that he keeps almost not being able to not mention Green Lantern is that's notable.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would yeah, agree.
1: It 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 would if if I had to bet a paycheck on it right now, yeah, I would say, yeah, we're gonna see some wrap up to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so HBO Max had another thing. Uh-huh. Uh they are preparing a comedic take on heroes and villains from the DC universe. In a show called DC Superhero High, and it's going to be executive produced by Elizabeth Banks. Uh, it will apparently follow a group of students experiencing the fun and drama of adolescence at a boarding school for gifted kids. These teens are just trying to navigate the pressures of high school, but none of them realize that someday they will become legendary DC superheroes. Elizabeth Banks? hmm Is producing with Max, uh, Max Handelman of Shrill and Pitch Perfect. And like uh,
1: Elizabeth Banks that I'm thinking of. Yes, that one. She has this. Yep, that's awesome.
0: We we also get uh, in a weird
1: way. I have no reason to think she has any follow through. I I don't know. I don't know why yeah. she. I don't know why she's got this. But I'm super interested now because that's weird, and I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm into it.
0: We've also got writer Scott Winger from Fuller House, John D. Beck from Disjointed and Fuller House, Ron Hart from Disjointed, and according to Jim and Dana Cinder from Shrill. And they're serving as co-executive producers. All right, shit. I'm I'm interested. Um, yeah, I'll I'll check it out. Now we don't we don't have a ton of uh, crisis news so so much, but there were some theories here that uh, that I kind of really wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis. Hines, our, our buddy and listener, Travis Hines, Travis underscore one five six on Twitter, messaged me the other day and says, I have a theory. The monitor is building a modified version of the cosmic treadmill so Barry can sacrifice himself to save the multiverse. The monitor isn't telling Oliver the plan because he knows Oliver will lose his shit when he finds out Barry is going to die. Now, I, I've seen theories. That's fair. I've seen theories that he's that Oliver's helping him build like the cosmic tuning Forks, it. it's like the big towers. I think they're probably going to skip the towers altogether.
1: Um, I wouldn't. I I think it'll at least be a visual homage somewhere in the background of something probably. that's happening. Um, but the idea that yeah, that's a solid idea. That uh, they don't. He doesn't. Oliver thinking he's sacrificing himself mm-hmm. for the people he loves is the best motivator he could possibly give this version of Oliver Queen. Yeah, no, he tra- will do anything under that guise.
0: Well, Travis thinks that it's going to be the cosmic tre- treadmill because we're six seasons in and we haven't seen it. And it is interesting that mo- the monitor won't tell Oliver anything about the plan. And he also wants to see Oliver say, didn't I make a deal to help you if you saved the life of my friends? Um, Yeah. And I expect that conversation. And I personally expect it to be a thing where he says, Oh, Ollie traded a life for a life. You saved Kara, but Barry has to die. I think that's the thing. Possible.
1: I also, because it's going to be arrows out and because he's, mm-hmm who started this, it wouldn't surprise me if they're actually going to give him some divine interruption that he can pull on him. Like something that he can at the last second say like, no, I I thought you might betray me.
0: Yeah. Now look, check this out. Some kryptonite, you know? What do you think about this? Travis says he thinks that, uh, the whole Elseworlds power switching thing was Uh so Oliver could figure out how to use the speed powers and that they'll (laughs) switch and Oliver will take Barry's place. Oh, no. You don't think so? No. Just but, because Stephen Amell is out. Well, yeah, obviously, but, you know, once you die, you can be in the Speed Force. <sighs> I mean, yeah. Now, look, we we had Stephen Amell. Yeah, okay. All right.
1: We, so, that... All right. So, his version is, so he can become Flash long enough to die as the Flash and mm-hmm. therefore fulfill his prophecy
0: and all that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that might work. Now, the part that's confusing is and has since happened since our conversation is that Stephen Amell did a live video where he referred to how he just finished the crossover Uh. and he was in his quote unquote, Benjamin button in the third act makeup, (laughs) which means to me that he was an old makeup, but that could be an Oliver from an alternate future, an alternate reality of some sort. We don't know what that means. That doesn't mean anything necessarily. Um, Wait, I thought that means he would be young. I thought Benjamin ba- Benjamin Button in the third act was old. I thought it was an old man
1: who it, I watched it one time in college and uh you know uh keeping with the theme of this confessional statement I was stoned. Mm-hmm. Um mm.
0: I thought he aged backwards. Well yeah, I thought he does, but I thought the movie was backwards. I thought the <laughs> I thought the movie, I don't know. I I don't remember the movie very well. I
1: could have sworn in the third act he was younger than in the first act.
0: So you think that they're going to de-age him? Maybe. Anyway, it doesn't make a difference. It, <laughs> no. could, it, it could be from a different reality. We don't know. But that would Forgive make sense. difference. sorry memories of, I know. of that reference. But doesn't that... I don't know. I like the theory. I think it's an interesting theory that Barry, uh, sorry, Oliver is stuck in the Speed Force and that that is where the Monitor takes Felicity in the, fi- the season finale of Arrow. It's not bad. It's a solid theory. I like it. Now, see, my theory was not nearly as deep. My theory was, you know, based on the fact that the monitor said a, it said the Flash must die. And I was just hearing basically a Flash with a silent article. You know, like, he didn't say <laughs> it had to be Arbery. He didn't say Grant Gustin. I have suspected yeah. it would be Earth-90 Flash. Giving, like, yeah. a good wrap-up to John Wesley Shipp's take on the character.
1: Yeah. Plural V. Yeah, for, for sure. Any one of them could. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know they're not going to actually kill Grant Gustin. I mean, that show's going to keep going. We just know that that mm-hmm. that's uh, there's not going to be a replacement Grant Gustin. Uh, Grant Gustin that suddenly is the star of the Flash. Like it's it's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, but you know, uh, Travis also thinks that. It would be it's gonna be good to have Oliver's spirit somewhere in the Berlanti verse, just in case they want him to show up for another crossover or show up if the numbers go bad or something. (laughs) Like he he mentioned specifically the Quiver storyline from the comics, which is a great great callback and uh, you know apropos I would say. But I don't think Stephen Amell's coming back for good. I think he would come back for you know through alternate universe means or you know crossover something like that i've even heard people say something about how he might like I might actually become the specter <laughs> oh that would be a lot of fun <laughs> wouldn't it would it though yeah um so i asked uh i asked twitter and facebook about what they thought uh would be wh- what their some of their theories are matthew salvatore at pure genius lego writes at the end of crisis cisco wakes up to discover it was all just a dream they better damn not matt they better damn no. not <laughs> ryan met at the amazing, i appreciate the joke but no yeah ryan hillsman at the amazing um, the amazing rye guy says my only theory is that it'll be batshit crazy and we'll have fans now debating what's better pre-crisis or post-crisis era verse just like they did with the comics i'm down for that possible we'll see how that happens
1: yeah oh um, going back
0: to vibe hmm
1: or cisco i haven't i don't know my my gut's telling me he gets his powers back
0: oh yeah i think so i think so I don't think we have like Cisco
1: just going through this entire thing just being Cisco. Yeah, I don't. See at the it. very least, I think we see a version of Cisco with his powers.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh sure. Uh, Josh McKay at Red Arrow X3 posts a, a gif of Michael Keaton's Batman. and says, "Yeah, he shows up, but I'm probably dreaming." I think he will in some capacity. We we have information that says Robert Wolf from uh, playing Alexander Knox from the original uh, 89 movies is going to be doing a scene we've seen that newspaper floating around i i think we'll see some allusion to it at the very least maybe not him show up in the person because that's michael keaton yeah he's he's won awards too many awards he he is above this
1: just factually your your agent does not call him about this project
0: yeah um
1: or if they don't get a call back they understand
0: right that's that i think that's probably closer to the truth uh <laughs> Bob, a uh, podcaster at uh, STE Bob 1984 says, I've said this one elsewhere, but I think Clark and Lois's baby John will end up being aged up and play a role similar to what Alexander Luthor played in the Crisis on Infinite Earths comic book. That is interesting. That is an interesting notion. I, I hmm. still think that he'll be Superboy Prime. Or go off and they'll make another freaking spinoff of him with the Legion before that exactly happens. But yeah, I would, I would be down with that. Yeah, I'd be down yeah. with that entirely Me possible. Sir. Uh, to see John at HZLNTZ, I don't know what that's supposed to say. Uh, says the arrow flash forwards are a different earth. That is how Mia comes to be with the Canaries for the spinoff. Yeah, that other show that we haven't talked about being greenlit. <laughs> Green Arrow and the Canaries, yeah. Which I think it's just a it's just a pilot so far. It's like the the penultimate episode of Arrow is gonna be that. Yeah. Um, casual fan, official casual underscore fanboy on Twitter. Maybe the Flash does die, but could be a throwback to Elseworlds when Oliver became the Flash, so he takes his place. Echo and Travis there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited, man. Yeah. Crazy no stuff going on. Whew. Sadly, October twenty second. Series showrunner Beth Schwartz took to Twitter to reveal that it is the last day, or it was the last day, of the Arrows or Arrow Writer Room. Um, sad, sad day. It was. We. She's got a bright
1: future, as we've detailed.
0: Yeah. A bright green future, it looks like. Yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> not worried about her in particular, but I,
0: I get it. It was the end of an era.
1: Mm hmm. You know, Huntsville, too. I get it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Martin Guggenheim popped over on Twitter and posted a picture of uh, <laughs> some of the script of the last episode. Uh, we saw that it was entitled fade out. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we saw the last, uh, the last page and it was heavily redacted. The only thing they left was the, the phrase of possibility dot, dot, dot. Nice. And, uh, and then he also posted a, a diagram of a bow and said about that title, and uh, the fade-out is the area on a longbow where the grip tapers into the risers and limbs of the bow. So, I guess, what, the, the limb is uh, Mia?
1: Yeah. All right. That's, hmm. That's going to take some digestion.
0: <laughs> he also posted a picture of the final day of prep for the, the last Arrow episode. The 170th and final episode. And it looks like it's just Oliver, and he's standing in... Full Green Arrow costume in a white room that is covered in cameras all the way around them. and it looks like there is like they're uh, taking multiple shots for a three D image. Nice. I'm oh man, I want to see it. It looks like something from the Matrix, man. It does. Uh, I'm I'm excited.
1: Yeah. Um, Same technique. Yeah, he's going out in full full fight graphic audio form. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Catherine Mac- Mac- McNamara, she's. Revealed that the production on the pilot episode slash the the, well, the backdoor pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries has started. So this stuff is just moving right along. Brandon Ralph has said goodbye to Legends of Tomorrow officially. It was his final day of filming a few days ago. Yeah. Um that was sad. He posted pictures of some gifts and a uh, cake and some stuff, uh, yeah. background stuff of the final. Uh, and and we know that he doesn't want to leave. That's the thing that bothers me the most. He didn't want to. He felt like there were more stories for Ray but I guess they felt like it wasn't.
1: Yeah, it saddens me a little. I like that guy.
0: Mm-hmm. I do, too. And I agree. You could have done more with them. Yeah, I think they could have. But um, Batwoman and Nancy Drew got full season orders at the CW. That brings Batwoman up from 13 to 22 episodes. I uh, sincerely believe that these shows are best when they keep to about thir- 10 to 13 episodes. But, um, you know, they're milking it, so whatever.
1: I, mean, I I like the uh, approval, but mm-hmm. I agree. Like they are tighter when they're shorter.
0: Yeah, but Batwoman is the most watched show in the CW this year I mean, so like, far.
1: Um, like I've enjoyed it. You've enjoyed it. My wife has uh, enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I, I don't know. I, everyone that I personally know that's watched the show has really enjoyed it. So
0: yeah, I get it. Yeah, and uh, talking about a a, a TV show though. We've certainly turned around on uh, season five of Lucifer is going to be split into two halves. Netflix mm. is going to drop eight episodes and then there's going to be a break and then they're going to drop another eight episodes and that will be the final season. I would have said, no, that's too
1: many. Please just give me eight mm-hmm. if I hadn't seen the last. So, yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, it looks like they're going to do a 40s themed musical episode. Um, Yeah, fuck it. It's set in the 40s, shot in black and white, and featuring alternate universe takes on the Lucifer characters. And, uh, you know, it, Tom Ellis is a great singer. He's got some musical talent. And uh, that's fine. I, I, I can see that happening. But um, apparently uh, Entertainment Tonight is saying that it, we're going to see an alternate version of Lucifer and Mazikeen singing together in the 40s. And the rest of the cast are there, but they are not playing the same characters. Mm.
1: Eh. If you do some like out-of-nowhere musical rendition mm-hmm. and people aren't the same characters, I just hope you have a framing device that works for me. But right. Other than that, Yeah, you have some play here.
0: But here's the thing. Ellis says, I can't tease too much. I would say on this episode, we take a trip down memory lane with Lucifer. So apparently this is something in Lucifer's past, Lucifer and Mazikeen's past. And he says, we tell a story that answers the question a lot of fans have been uh, asking, actually. I don't know what to think of this.
1: I'm hoping they're going to do the actual fall from heaven, but using the characters that are currently
0: Mm -hmm. actors. Interesting. All right. So... Another TV series announcement. DC Universe has announced a new Mm -hmm. anthology series called Bizarro TV. I don't think we talked about it. It was a New York Comic Con. They announced Bizarro TV, a new anthology series, will debut in 2020, described as a mixed media series. And the show will draw on obscure characters and deep cuts from the DC portfolio of characters, including Space Cabbie, Ambush Bug, Slam Bradley, and The Creeper. It will be produced by Blue Ribbon Content damn which i have traditionally not liked even though that deathstroke blue ribbon show looks badass have you seen the trailer for that no it but I, I wrote
1: off blue ribbon after a while
0: well that that blue ribbon deathstroke series looks r-rated as hell like he's just slicing through people and oh my god it looks cool that's nice um so yeah DC says uh, a showcase of experimental styles and creative voices and visions that will be a mix of live action and animation are, are going to make up Bizarro TV.
1: I'm up for it. I'm just a little
0: dubious. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's a really good pitch.
0: The, well, the series will be short form. So they're, they're going to be kind of like the, um, the the showcases that you were talking about earlier. The DC Universe animated showcases that come with the movies. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. And, uh, mostly where I have the two areas that blue ribbon has fallen short, no pun intended, Mm -hmm. are that they tend to take long stories and chop them up to a point where you never find out what actually happened or they skip whole segments of a story. And you're just like, when did they, you know, it's just choppy and weird. And the animation is kind of shit sometimes, sometimes. But, you know, then you have Constantine City of Demons and the animation was pretty damn great on that. Um, But I didn't like the I don't like the execution of it to where they put out like half of it. And then they say, oh, then we'll put out the other half next year or you can buy the Blu-ray and get 15 minutes of extra material that actually tells you what happened. Yeah, no, that was terrible. I don't like that, that method. And we'll see how that pans out. But they're also doing a thing called it's a. a uh, fan-created unscripted series called DCU Unscripted, DCU, Y-O-U, Unscripted. And of it, pro- it provides DC Universe members the opportunity to create an unscripted series that has the opportunity to launch on DC Universe. It says, since nice. the launch of this service just over a year ago, we've established a community that has far exceeded our ambitions. We've hosted unforgettable member events, creating places and spaces where fans could have a voice. We're working to take it uh, to a whole new level in our second year by giving our fans an opportunity to submit their own concepts for an unscripted show that will potentially become a series on DC Universe next year, and that that is from DC Universe senior vice president and general manager uh, Sam Andes. So I I don't know what to do with that. I don't even I don't even think I understand it. No, I don't.
1: It's almost like they uh, there's an old thing where like if somebody sends you a a spec script
0: mm-hmm. and you're in the biz, you're just supposed to throw that away because. It can't benefit you. Yeah, but uh, if Star Trek had done that in the '90s, we would have never gotten their head writer uh, Michael Piller or uh, Ronald D. Moore, who became showrunner for Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, there, there's a lot of brilliance that came from accepting spec scripts on the Star Trek side of things. Agreed. There are a ton of exceptions,
1: but the idea—if you're a lawyer—is like, no, they can sue you for that later, even if, even if you open mm-hmm. the script.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh. I agree.
1: Kind of fun if they found a way around that to to make it fun for everybody and and include some people. Good for them.
0: Yeah, I I'm very interested to see what happens with that. All right, well that's it. That's all I've got.
1: Well, I'd have to agree
0: about how that's all we have.
1: That's all I've got as well.
0: <laughs> I've been hearing it drip out of you slowly over the course of the recording and here in my my earphones. Drip, drip, mm. drip, drip. Mm. Jason, get a Jerry curl. Nope, nope. He's dying. He's dying.
1: No, the um, <clears> twelve-year-old <throat> virgin boy that I normally have an IV of, mm-hmm. and he hangs upside down. Uh, just it's the easiest way to get the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In short, the IV fell out earlier, and I just didn't want to say anything. But I'm getting kind of tired.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just call it a call it a night then, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to DC on Spring. Gotta screen. readjust that. The, the IV?
1: Well, that and the, the way he's hanging. I mean, the I mean, the gag's still working, clearly. I mean, he's screaming at me right now, but, I mean, you can't hear, so. I just have to readjust the strapping, and we'll be fine.
0: This has gotten a bit too real. Right. Thank you for listening to DC on Screen, and for putting up with that weirdness. Mm-hmm. Whatever the hell just happened. Also, um,
1: as I like to call him, mm-hmm.
0: Okay, You can cut whatever of that you don't like. Oh, no, buddy. Your punishment is a staying in. (laughs) Okay. All right, Uh, right, guys. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, If if you enjoyed this show, please, if you haven't done so, uh, consider going over to Apple Podcasts and giving us a good uh, rating and uh, review. Uh, If you're absolutely uh, at a loss for what to say, I guess you can tell us about what other animated series are better than Zack Snyder's Justice League movie. I I don't, I'm still confused. But Mm -hmm. um, until next time, keep some DC on your screen. (coughs)
1: Mm
0: (coughs) What? Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or Gyms, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnscreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC OnScreen is a Maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.